listening to the Casting for Fun podcast, the show that talks about entertainment, sports, music, and inspirational stories for all to enjoy. We're glad you could join us today. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Now, here is your host, Albert Pineda. Welcome, everybody, to the Casting for Fun podcast. I am your host, Albert Pineda, and thank you for joining me on this episode of the podcast. For a couple of weeks now, going back to the end of December when Brazilian soccer icon Pele passed away, I was thinking to myself that I really wanted to do an episode to honor and celebrate him. Because again, as if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that uh, the game of soccer means a quite, a quite a bit to me, that I love the game. And you also would know that uh, the Brazilian people mean quite a bit to me. Uh, because of my time getting to serve as a missionary there for my church, for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, So it seemed perfect, yes, that I needed to do an episode to talk about Pele, his life, what he meant to those who love the game, and uh, the cultural impact that he had on the country of Brazil and on the whole world. And to do this, I kept thinking to myself, you know what, it would be perfect if I can get one of my native Brazilian friends to join me. And Uh, With that in mind, I thought for sure, absolutely, the friend I need to ask to join me on this episode would be Kleber de Souza, a good friend of mine who I met through my missionary service uh, 20 years ago, and he's been a good friend ever since. So I'm grateful that I was able to talk to him about Pele so we can pay our honor, our our respects to him, and talk about other things that interest us as well, such as vinyl collecting. Uh, He's a big music fan as well as I am, as you know, (laughs) from listening to this podcast. So here we go. This is my conversation with uh, Clever de Sosa in regards to our, our honoring of Pele and many other topics of uh, interest to us. Tonight on the Casting for Fun podcast, I have a very special guest, a good friend of mine for 20 plus years now. It's uh, Clever de Sosa. Clever, how are you tonight? Oh, that's great. And, and uh, it's a really wonderful pleasure to be here yeah oh thank you thank you so much for for joining me tonight on the podcast so so for my listeners who may not know just to give you a background uh clever and i have been friends for a little bit over 20 years now we met uh serving uh missions for our church for the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints in the country of brazil so Kleber is, is a native Brazilian and his English is his second language. So it's really impressive to hear you speaking English so well. Uh, thank you very much. Okay, I'm trying I, so hard to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know if I'm speaking too fast. So, so yeah. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Yeah, now it's uh, so far so good. Yeah. Oh, very good. So uh, I'm grateful that over the years, we've been able to keep in close contact with each other through social media. Uh, yep. uh, so again, I've met many great friends in Brazil, but I think I kept close contact with you because of how active you are on social media. Yeah, that's great to have a connection uh, with a lot of friends, especially uh, Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, both. Uh, yeah, they made a lot of connections. So yeah, I can find easily them like friends. And uh, yeah, I, I think a couple of days ago, I just found uh, some people that, wow, that's great to be here, like uh, to have you here, like on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, so and we start uh, uh, catching up uh, some uh, news or something that, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yes, it was great to 
and those people lately. Yeah, so that's great. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, social media is definitely really great and awesome for keeping in close contact with our good friends, especially those who live, uh, you know, miles away from us. And then obviously, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, so I, I'm grateful that you got to join me tonight. I'm grateful that we have the opportunity to talk about various topics that interest us. But I especially wanted to do pay tribute to Pele because obviously, when I got to serve as a missionary in Brazil, that's where I learned to to love the game of soccer and the Brazilian people yeah. mean a great deal to me. So I I, I got into love Pele as well. So I, I thought to myself, if I'm going to do a tribute to Pele, the best person to get would be a native Brazilian to have their perspective. <laughs> and when I thought about that, you're the first person who came to my mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, very yeah, good. So, I, I, so, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Clever. I apologize. Yeah. Oh, that, that's fine. I. The. Most of the memories and the knowledge that I know about uh, soccer, uh, especially back in Brazil, I just owe uh, to my dad, yeah, my father. So he helped me a lot, uh, like to being uh, around, like to be yeah, in, involved uh, with uh, the sport that's very popular in Brazil. So yeah, I yeah oh very good very good it, it's very uh, amazing that we can have a uh, good relationships with our fathers and they can influence us quite a bit uh yeah. so yeah. What, what i wanted to do is uh, sh just give a little bit of a uh, state some facts about pele to pay tribute to him and then of course anything else that you would like to add please feel free but uh so uh edson arantes do nacimento or more commonly known as pele was born on october 23rd 1940 uh, played for the Brazilian club team Santos at age 15. Uh, but I know he grew up very, very poor. So he was able to yeah. beat the odds and actually become a professional player and uh, redefine the sport, which is really amazing. Uh, he's the only player to, only, to, to win three World Cups in 1958, 1962, and 1970. It's very unlikely that any other player is going to match that. So it's a, a record that he'll probably be able to keep forever, which is really cool. Uh, he is tied with Neymar uh, for 77 international goals for Brazil, but Pele was able to do it fewer in fewer games, which is pretty cool. <laughs> and you know yeah. he's he's credited with creating the phrase uh, or connecting the phrase "the beautiful game" to soccer. Uh, I don't I don't think he actually created the bicycle click kick, but I think uh, or bicycle goal. But I think he's more synonymous with that goal than any other player. Is that right? Yeah. The, in fact, the. Some people call that uh, like scissors uh, kick or bike kick. Yeah. Um, I think there's a slightly difference between them. Like uh, scissors, uh, it's kind of uh, you kick in a kind of diagonal. Like a, in a bike, you are like a straight, like you are up and like a upright and then kick like a yeah, like on the back of your head, like on towards, like to the goal. But um, as far as I remember, the bike kick, uh, I don't remember uh, very well who created that kick, mm -hmm. bike kick. But there's one uh, soccer play back in Brazil. 
he uh, improved. He improved uh, the bike kick. Uh, and uh, he used to play on a team called uh, Sao Paulo. And uh, his name is Leonidas. So he he improved. He uh, made that kick very popular back in Brazil. So uh, when someone uh, like a mentions like a oh uh, oh the bike kick that's very interesting. That's very very popular, very beautiful kick, and uh, hard to do that. So when someone starts uh, talking about the bike kick, uh, the first uh, thing that comes to mind is Leonidas, because he uh, like a, made that that kick very uh, like popular or yeah something special. Yeah, it's the same thing about Pelé. Pelé, uh, the the soccer. Uh, was uh, created in England a long, long time ago. But uh, Brazil just got that, like, like a improved, uh, they made it popular. Like, so, yeah, uh, it's just because some players that they are very unique. Yeah, we have some around the world as well. Like, for example, we have Pelé, we have Maradona, we have uh, Van Basten, we have Cruyff, we have um, a lot of them. Like, it's a, a lot. Falcão, Zico. Yeah, we, we have a plenty of them. Oh, very cool. I you know I didn't know that there was really a difference between the bicycle kick and the scissor kick, but uh, that that makes sense the way you described it. So I guess I learned something new all the time, which is pretty cool. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I also wanted to share that uh, uh, years before David Beckham came to play for Major League Soccer here in America, uh, Pele came to play for the NASL yeah. League uh, for the New York Cosmos in 1975. And at the time, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, Pele was like semi-retired, but came out of retirement to, to help the league. And uh, the interest was fantastic. I mean, everyone, uh, the Americans at the time, I mean, obviously yeah, we weren't alive at the time, but it was cool to hear just how popular he made the sport back then. And then the popularity has only just grown over the years, which is really cool. Yeah, that's really true. That's really true about um, um, Pele. The, the, the timeline about Pelé is very uh, kind of simple to understand. Like, uh, yeah, he started back like a, he, he was kind of 17 when he joined to the national team, like Brazil, like mm -hmm. to play the World Cup. Yeah, he started like a 16, 17, and he won the World Cup in uh, Sweden, against Sweden <laughs> in the finals. And uh, uh, he promised uh, to his father that uh, he would bring the, the, tro the trophy. Yeah, because his father, he, his father uh, was a soccer play, player as well. Mm -hmm. But the, the uh, two World Cup before, two, yeah, in 1950, 
we had a World Cup, like the Brazil uh, was the host, and uh, Uruguay uh, uh, won that game against Brazil. And then uh, the Pelé's uh, father, he just kind of uh, got frustrated and sad and uh, because Brazil uh, didn't make it. And Pelé uh, saw that and then uh, he promised to himself and to his father that, okay, uh, I don't know when I will bring, bring the trophy of the World Cup someday. And in 1958, he brought that. He brought that and uh, yeah, it, it was the, uh, so great. Uh, we can see some uh, videos and uh, images about him, uh, that World Cup. And later on, he played the next World Cup in, in Chile. Yeah, 1962, but he just played a few games in um, preliminary, like the, because he got injured, but he was still uh, in a squad, like in a in a bench, like in a in a team, but he, he couldn't play anymore the, those games. But he won that World Cup, and then later on, 1966. He played again another World Cup in England, but unfortunately he couldn't make it. So because the Brazil just uh, unfortunately uh, couldn't couldn't go to the playoffs, so uh, unfortunately uh, it was eliminated. And then the next one in Mexico, nineteen seventy. Yeah, he played that World Cup that I think it was the one of the best, one of the best uh like a World Cup for Brazil. Like the the way that uh, they played, it was so great. Uh, it was so Pelé did his uh, his best. Like uh, all the 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 types uh, of uh uh, play the play the all the fancy uh, the fa the way that they he played yeah it was so great so amazing yeah so just thinking about the the previous uh, World Cup that he played uh, everything that he he couldn't do it like oh I I I didn't uh do this on that world cup everything that he just left just left behind he couldn't do it in 1970 yes he just did all all the the yeah he tried to 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 make a score like a goal from the middle field like the center of the 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 field he tried he tried to do that he did a lot of uh, yeah so it was great if he if he could he uh 1974 yeah uh he was uh capable to do to play that 
but he just decided not doing that. So he just, no, I, I think that's fine. Uh, I, I I just want to play like um, um, like a another team, another. So that's why he just went back to Santos, like a the team, and he just played there some tournaments and uh, later on uh someone here in US like a uh like a businessman he just uh oh I want to make the the soccer very, very popular here so I have to find a way to do that this is why he contacted uh, Pelé and Pelé came here and started playing for Cosmos in New York and uh that's uh, the way that uh, soccer turned into a very popular like a game here in the West. Yeah, so I I can see some people nowadays uh, like playing soccer somewhere. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting. But uh, Bella did that. He, he brought he he technically he brought the the soccer. Uh, yeah here in the US. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's wonderful to see just uh, the worldwide interest that him playing created in the game. And, you know, uh, we got to see uh, just how popular he got to be and how much of a cultural icon yeah. he became for the Brazilian people. You know, a national hero, which is really cool. Uh, there's one more uh, Pele story that I wanted to share. As I was researching mm -hmm. for this podcast, I thought it was just a pretty interesting story. It has to deal with uh, the, the athletic apparel companies Adidas and Puma, which, again, this is a pretty fascinating story. Oh, yeah. So the yeah. uh, German brothers, uh, Adolf and Rudolf Dassler, started a shoe company from their mother's uh, laundry room in uh, 19, let's see if I get my dates right here, 1924. Um, and Adolf, yeah. one of the brothers, he created uh, screws and the spikes to actually create, like, you know, good cleats that can have good traction on, on grass fields, which is really cool. Uh, they also convinced Jesse Owens to wear their shoes at the 1936 Olympics in Berlin. Uh, but then later, as World War II started, uh, Rudolph was picked off by American soldiers who suspected him of being part of the SS, part of the Nazi party in 1943. And Rudolph believed that his brother Adolf had turned him, turned him in. So they became bitter rivals. It was really heated. They, they absolutely hated each other. So they both started their own shoe companies. Uh, uh, Adolf started Adidas and uh, Rudolf started Puma. Uh, and you know, both companies were doing well, but they made a pact. Uh, I guess it was an official contract, but they made a pact that neither of them would try to sign Pele to a shoe deal. But uh, in the, the Peru World Cup in 1970, as you mentioned, oh, I'm sorry, Mexico, right? Mexico. Yeah, the yep, Mexican Lions. World Cup in 1970 in the, the match against Peru, uh, uh, Puma had convinced Pele just to wear his, his, their shoes on, on the pitch for that game uh, for the amount of like 120000 which would have been roughly about a million dollars adjusted for inflation. Uh, and all they had to do was just wear the shoes and then uh, go tie your shoes at the center of the, the pitch so the cameraman can see that you're wearing Pumas. And, you know, the... the the sales for Pumas like spiked as a result because like everyone got to see, Hey, Pele wears Pumas. So technically they, they didn't break the pact. I mean, they didn't officially sign Pele to a contract, but it was like a kind of a sneaky uh, uh, go around 
that uh, Puma did. <laughs> but anyways, I thought it was yeah. a pretty fascinating story, the, the the rivalry between Adidas and Puma. Um, but again, yeah, uh, Pele was definitely uh, a world icon, cultural icon for, for many people. So uh, I can imagine just uh, people seeing Pele wear Puma shoes and immediately say to themselves, oh, I got to get some Pumas too. Yeah, that's that's an uh, interesting story. Uh, at that time, Pele didn't know about uh, the price uh, uh, of his image. Like mm-hmm. uh, he he didn't know how to deal with that. So uh, technically, Puma taught him about this. Like, hey, so just go in the middle of the field, like mm-hmm. a bitch, and uh, you. Uh, you just tied up your shoes and you and we take a picture and record that. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to show the, the Puma shoes. So that's why. And uh, later on, Pele thought, oh my, this is why uh, these players around the world, it doesn't matter what kind of sports, that's how they, they get money. Like they, <laughs> so Pella thought of, uh, about that. Yeah, so it's uh, just uh, later on, he started going to commercials. They started like a kind of showing off himself, like to some media. Yeah, like later on. So that's how he made some money. Yeah, like a, more money, actually. Yeah. And and uh, at Puma, uh, Puma, they uh, a lot of times uh, they do that. They try to find some Brazilian player soccer, like player soccer, to to do that kind of contract because they know that a Brazilian Brazilian like soccer player, they uh, they they become. Uh, kind of very popular those players like Neymar uh Ronaldo Gaúcho Ronaldo Phenomenal uh and the others like for example uh I think 3 days ago Neymar released a Puma shoot. Oh really? Oh like for okay. Some, yeah. Okay. I don't I don't remember the name of the 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 shoes like the yeah so uh, 2 days ago so recently, <laughs> I, wow, that's <laughs> a big surprise. <laughs> so yeah, uh, there's a lot of fascinating uh, um, like uh, stories about Pelé. One of them, uh, just uh, when Brazil, like the national team, used to lose a game, so Pelé, uh, like he. Um, he used to get his team like Santos, and they uh, schedule a game against that uh, national team that beat Brazil. And uh, Santos used to fly to the okay. Uh, for example, um, uh, England won the game against Brazil. Okay, that's fine. And Pelé invited Santos, the team, to go over there and beat England. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they used to do that. 
all the time, a kind of revenge. I don't know. <laughs> they used to do that a lot. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so Pelé was a big like icon, like a yeah. Oh yeah, definitely I, I, uh, I one to... of a kind, and yeah. you know, like like we mentioned, I mean, reached so many people, so such an inspiration to so many others, um, so many people around the yeah. world. Uh, would unfortunately yeah. pass away this past December, uh, December 29th in 2022 yeah. due to uh, colon cancer at the age of 82. But uh, gone but never forgotten. I mean, he, his influence yeah. will, will live on forever. So it's really great. Yeah, so if uh, some soccer players uh, uh, beat his record, we'll be years and years and years later. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's not going to be easy to the like things that he did so, oh absolutely yeah 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 <laughs> very cool so so clever if you're okay i wanted to actually shift the conversation a little bit more towards you yeah. so i i wanted to actually ask you more about your your upbringing in brazil so if you could let my listeners know uh what part of brazil you're actually from and what life was like for you growing up there okay so i was born in sao paulo state it's a really, really big city. Probably some people say that uh, Sao Paulo, uh, because the capital of the state, like Sao Paulo state, is Sao Paulo as well, the same name. But uh, like, uh, for example, here in Utah, we have like a, a Utah County, like county, the, those cities around like the, some big cities. Mm-hmm. So we call that like a, a Utah County, like those areas. So Sao Paulo is the same thing. Uh, we have the capital called Sao Paulo, and we have the big cities around Sao Paulo. It's a kind of Sao Paulo County. So I was born in Sao Paulo State in a city called Santo André, kind of San André, mm-hmm. something like this. So it's a big city as, as well. Uh, um, you can find easily like f- uh, like uh, factories and a lot of uh, things uh, like a, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a big city. Um, and uh, I was born there and I spent like kind of my childhood there. Uh, so when I was eight year eight, no seven, eight years old, I just moved up with my family, my parents, to a city in a northeast part of the country, kind of corner, uh, called uh, Natal City. In English, it, it would be Christmas City. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, I just. Uh, Grew up there and uh, spent uh, technically um, the rest of my childhood, and yeah, I just lived there for many and many years. The my parents they are from there, so technically they moved to São Paulo, and uh, me and my siblings we were born in São Paulo, so. Yeah, it moved to Natal back. And uh, yeah, it's a very uh, tropical area, very humid. And uh, we don't have uh, 
like a kind of definition, like a, a like a, the seasons of the year, like winter, uh, summer, fall, and spring. Easily, we cannot uh, see that like clearly. You cannot. So it's a very tropical area. It's technically summer all the time. <laughs> very hot. Um, but it's a very good place if you like uh, to go to the beaches, lakes, and uh, hang out a lot, like outdoors. That city is perfect. Uh, yeah, and it rains a lot as well. So, yeah. So technically, yeah, I just spent like all, all my life there before moving to the U.S., Oh, awesome. Very good. And uh, I can testify too that when I lived in Brazil, I loved it. It was it was great. Um, the the food was really good and uh, just love the Brazilian people. The, so again, I'm, I'm grateful that while I got to live there, they adopted me as one of their own. So it was really uh, a wonderful experience for me. But as you mentioned, you have since uh, immigrated to the United States and you live in Utah and you married an American woman. So congratulations to you. That's very cool. Uh, oh, can, you. <laughs> can you tell me how you've been able to adjust to life in the United States and living in Utah? Yeah, okay. So uh, in back in 2018, actually one year before, a year before, I just uh, had some plans to, to come here to visit and then hang out with some friends of mine. Mm -hmm. I just visited like Texas and uh, here in Utah, like uh, I just had one month and uh, like a vacation from my, my work, my job. And uh, I just thought about that. Oh, I would like to visit, visit USA someday. And a friend of mine, she used to, to be my neighbor back in Brazil and she she is married to um american like guy and she at that time uh they already um are living here in the us like that and oh you can come visit visit there like uh, you can hang out with us and go to places i can show you some nice areas so you can take pictures you can do a lot of fun stuff oh that's nice and uh in the middle of this invitation this conversation that friend of mine uh met uh a person at the spa and they hung out they had a really good conversation relationship and uh that friend of mine, she uh, started attending like often, more often the the spa, and the the lady there started like, oh, okay, uh, welcome back, and uh, started like uh, hanging out and doing the services of the spa, and uh, my friend just, oh, I have a friend of mine back in Brazil. Uh, He's a, a good guy. And uh, they start like a <laughs> catching up. And that lady uh, thought, oh, I would like to, to get to know him better. And uh, okay, so friend of mine, 
talked to me and I, I thought, okay, I'm going to the US to visit. So at the same time, I can uh, met this this lady, this, yeah. And uh, I came here and uh, at the same time that I, that I was visiting places, uh, really cool places here in Utah and Texas, at the same time, I met her. So we hung out, we went to places, restaurants, and um, uh, nice areas uh, to visit, like uh, outdoors, like, uh, yeah, I just took a lot of pictures that I used to do. <laughs> so we started a friendship, and I went back to Brazil, and the, after the vacation here, I went back to Brazil, and uh, I spent some time there, and I thought about the these changes, the benefits, uh, and the, some other challenges. And I kept my house there. I still have my house, and uh, organized everything. And uh, I did all the the requirements of the the. USA uh, immigration process. I did that, and I just moved to here uh, back in 2018, and uh, we organized everything about ourselves, me and my. Uh, at that time, that when I moved to here, we we were like a. I was, um, we were dating, and. Uh, uh, we started that and uh, organized everything, and uh, we uh, set up our wedding, and uh, yeah, just happened. <laughs> yeah, and after that, I just waited for the process of the immigration to be legal resident here. And uh, meanwhile, I I had some uh, difficulties here in the US, like. A, yeah, it, it depends. It depends. Uh, people, uh, the person, uh, like from one one person to the other, so it, it's not the same thing. The uh, the experience, it's not. So some people, okay, I'm I'm feel fine about this, like uh, about dealing with people here, like uh, talking to them. Yeah, about to have some difficulties about. Uh, for example, uh, even driving, driving or doing some other stuff. So on the other hand, another person, they have difficulties dealing with people here, the culture, but uh, that person can do a lot of stuff. So it's it's something different to everyone. Yeah, even uh, your body, like the, uh, there's a kind of uh, reaction for for the weather, for the climate, like the yeah, the weather, the weather, temperature, all this stuff. Yeah. So, for example, here in Utah, it's very dry. So my skin, my hands, like a totally different now. Like, <laughs> yeah. So that some challenges yeah some yeah so 
before coming here, uh, if someone thinking about that, uh, I suggest suggest like to think twice and uh, search for information. Talk to other people like coming uh, like before coming here, like someone that uh, who is living here already. So talk to them. Talk to yeah some other people, and uh, you can find out some uh yeah some something like that can help you and the other things that that uh will be uh probably a challenge like for you yeah so it's it's something that uh we have to think about it doesn't matter where you go so there's uh challenges uh there are some challenges in different countries. So even in a cities that uh, your own country, yeah. So that moving is uh, demands uh, like a, a kind of big challenges sometimes. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, I'm I'm really happy for you, clever, that everything worked out for you to to immigrate to the United States and that you were able to take the leap and you know, that, that you're happy and, and you're enjoying life in Utah and then you found yourself a, a wonderful wife. Uh, you know, it's, yeah. it takes a lot of courage to, to, to leave behind your home and then yeah. come to a strange land like Utah, <laughs> but, but you've done it. Yeah, so yeah. Congratulations to you. I, I, I'm, I'm very proud yeah. of you and I'm, you. I'm, uh, <laughs> it, it's cool to hear that life's going good for you, my friend. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. So I wanted to shift gears a little bit for the conversation. Uh, I, I know a mutual interest mm -hmm. that we share is for uh, music and, and collecting records and vinyl records. So I, I definitely want to mm -hmm. have a conversation with you about that. Uh, it, it's awesome yeah, yeah. for me to see you post on, on your social media accounts, your newest records, everything you've, you've picked up recently, because it's a hobby that yeah. I've gotten into in the recent years, too. So I wanted to ask you, I mean, I, I actually, I already kind of know because I know you well, but so if you could let our listeners know, uh, who are some of your favorite bands and what are some of your favorite albums that you've uh, gotten to collect over the years? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. And I I can't deny that I, <laughs> I get very excited to explain that, like to share Mm -hmm. some thoughts about music and uh, uh, collections like vinyl, like, yeah. Uh, I grew up uh, listening a lot of band back in the 70s and the 80s, especially, especially back in the 80s. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a kind of big difference uh, between Brazil and the US about the bands coming from Europe. Yeah, for example, um, some some bands uh, uh, from Europe, uh, they are very popular in Brazil, but uh, they are not very popular here in the US. So I just faced uh, some bands very popular uh, in Brazil, and here in the US, uh, that band, uh, they have only one hit, here in the US, but in Brazil, they have like a, several, like a, it's a something mass, massive. 
Yeah, for example, uh, everybody knows that song, very popular here, here in the US, especially back in the 80s, uh, called uh, Take On Me. Yeah, Take On Me. It's a very popular song. Yeah, it's played by AHA. Uh, that band is from Norway. Um, and then they just have this hit, this song here in the US. <laughs> but in Brazil, I think every single album that they have, they they put that kind of three, four songs like on top, on top of the the like the best songs or whatever, like the the most popular songs in Brazil. Yeah, they used to do that a lot. Yeah, that band. So I grew up listening to them a lot. Uh, they they are kind of synth pop and pop. Uh, they rem they remind me a lot uh, some bands like uh, for example Information Society, uh, Dash Mode. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, uh, that one Pet Shop Boys. Uh, let me see who else. Um, yeah, I think th those are the very popular ones. Yeah. So yeah, th those bands uh, as well that I used to listen to, uh, the Bash Mode, um, Information Society. They are very popular back in the eighties, <laughs> and Bad uh, Shop Boys. Uh, and the others, yeah, they are very popular in Brazil. So I used to to listen to them. Um, and uh, uh, there's one, uh, another band from Sweden. In, in Sweden, they have Europe, the, that band, Europe. They have a, a, a hit called uh, Final Countdown. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Carrie. For example, yeah, yeah. Carrie, and uh, another band called um, from Sweden called ABBA. ABBA, mm -hmm. and uh, there's another band called uh, Rock Set. Mm -hmm. uh, those those are very popular back in Brazil. I grew up listening to like often, Aha, Scorpions, Scorpions, Scorpions. Uh, they are from uh, Germany. Uh, rock set from Sweden, yeah, and uh, later on, back in like in the beginning of 2000, I started to listen to like um, often uh, Nora Jones, yeah, she's from Texas, yeah, so I just I started like that. So, for these bands that I mentioned, I have all the albums, like CDs and uh, uh, special albums. And uh, the history about the, the story about the, the vinyls, I started uh, collecting them uh, here in the US because um, back in the 80s, I remember the first record that I got, uh, my aunt, uh, she gave me a gift 
for my for my birthday and she gave me a record oh here's a record i hope you like it I, oh okay i just opened and i got like a surprise like with the, that album that record and oh i have to listen this now because this guy he's fantastic and i this is one of the best album and i just played like put like uh, the record on a record player and started and uh, every single day i used to <laughs> to dance his songs like to perform uh i'm talking about michael jackson oh. <laughs> the album called uh, thriller mm -hmm. yeah and i i remember uh that when i got the record uh i was a kind of seven years old it was back in sao paulo yeah uh kind of i i used to to dance dance a lot like trying to to do the same thing that he used to to do <laughs> yeah and after that uh years later i just stopped it like uh, collecting or trying to find the records because the cds and uh uh tapes like the cassette the cassette uh, tapes they became very popular and the records just uh was left behind and then now uh the records they are back so oh okay now it's my chance <laughs> so i got some records uh, lately uh um for example i got the uh, information society the first album i got uh dark straits they are from england they are very popular in brazil and uh uh anyways yeah kind of yeah but they have good songs that, that i that i uh listen to like in the radio station here in the us like money for nothing uh sultans uh of swing and the other songs and i got the aha like a record i got a thriller michael jackson record i got um a queen queen album uh, uh and some others i i got van halen i got led, led zeppelin as well yeah so but the idea that i have on my mind is to get uh the like the best album that the each band made like the considering the best album the the album that uh, was a kind of iconic for example thriller um and some others like dark straits uh, they have uh, the album called brothers in arms yeah that album is definitely definitely the best seller the best album and so on so i got uh eagles recently eagles oh good yeah hotel california album yeah so that album is considered like the, the best album of theirs 
So yeah, and so on. So my idea is to collect the best uh, album of each band. Like uh, I got Queen, for example. I think the name of the album is uh, something Opera. Uh, yeah, Night at the Opera. The I, think. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that album has the song uh, "Love of My Life" and Bohemian Raps uh, Rhapsody. Uh -huh. Yeah. So, yeah. So that album. Uh, and yeah. So I, I'm back with my records. <laughs> yeah. So it's really nice to have them. <laughs> Oh, that's really cool, man. You know, it's it's uh it's cool for me to hear that you have a, such a huge, diverse uh, musical taste, just like me. So I, I it's no wonder we're friends. <laughs> that you love yeah. everything from Aha and the Pesh Mode and the Pet Shop Boys to harder rock like Van Halen and uh, uh, Europe and and the Scorpions and even like you know uh, more modern uh, uh, lounge like uh, coffee shop music like Nora Jones. So you definitely have a very diverse yeah. team, just like me. <laughs> Do you remember what was the very first record you ever purchased, whether it was on CD or vinyl? What was your first album? I I'm always curious for my friends to see what was the first thing they ever bought. Okay, as I said, I got um, from my my aunt a Thriller album, but the the first album, like CD, like the, mm -hmm. the very album, the very first album that I got uh, was uh, called uh, Luke Sharp uh, by Roxette. Oh, okay. That album, if you if you don't have it, you gotta have it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that album is amazing. Uh, for example, uh, some singles, some hit hits that. Uh, they reached it here in the US uh, with that album. It's called uh, Dangerous. Uh, Listen to Your Heart and uh, The Look. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Three songs. Yeah. They, they, they put them on top list, uh, like top, like a billboard here in the US. So that album, uh, I got I got that album first, yeah. Because that album is, I don't know, in Brazil, everybody knows that album. That it's a very popular album, yeah. Oh, awesome, man! Very good. So to uh, to wrap up our our conversation here, I wanted to ask you about your your hobby of photography. So also, as we can see on your various social media accounts, you're really good at photography. It's definitely one of your main interests. And you've posted some really great pictures you've taken over the years. So I wanted to ask you, uh, what interests you about photography and why did you take that on as a hobby? Yeah, that's a very interesting question and the answer as well. <laughs> so... Um, I, I started like photographing when I was kind of uh, 20, 20, 22, 20, I think after mission. Okay. Yeah, when I was 22 years old, because uh, something I got on my mind that 
uh, when I was kind of uh, a kid and uh, start like the being a teenager. Yeah. And after that, uh, for some reason, I realized that I didn't have like a kind of records, kind of memories, kind of photos or videos about my, me and my family, my parents, my siblings. And I, well, what what happened in those years? Like, uh, for example, between 1996 until 2000, 2002, what happened? I, I, I can't find pictures. I can't find videos. I, I don't have them. What, what, what happened? And I, I thought, okay, I have these pictures when I was a kid, my siblings, my parents, my family. That's right. I think something has to change. And uh, the phones started uh, becoming very popular with the camera on the back, like on the back of the phones, like uh, you can see today, like, uh, um, for example, uh, some phones like Samsung, Nokia, and Motorola, and the other phones. So yeah, they started like a, uh, developing like some uh, some ideas about uh, putting the cameras on the back of the phones. And I remember that I got uh, uh, start like uh, buying some phones and okay, I think I will start taking pictures and I took pictures of myself training and uh, making videos and recording my parents. They they um, they start like a kind of complaining, complaining like, oh, what are you doing? I don't like to be recorded. I don't like to be like a, a photographed. And a, no, but uh, sorry, but uh, I have to do that because that's a family stuff, and we don't have anything. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I. They, they started like a kind of, ah, that's fine. That's okay. But uh, I'm not ready for that. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. That's fine. It's just to keep like, you know, uh, family records, like the, yeah. I, okay. That's right. And uh, that's how uh, it started. Like uh, I started like, oh, I like doing that. I think I will buy a camera and next step was like a buy a camera like a, a kind of simple camera like a not so something fancy and uh start like taking picture okay let me uh start training here with my cat my dog <laughs> like a i don't know uh take a picture of myself and uh applying some techniques to see how it works and uh and it keeps going, keeps going, like uh, uh, that. Uh, um, yeah, doing that, and I keep uh, kept uh, kept like up doing that, and I started watching videos on YouTube about uh, some other uh, techniques, and uh, cameras like fancy cameras like the lens. Oh, what kind of lens? 
I can use for that because they have several types of, of lenses. So I started uh, studying like uh, those kind of lenses and cameras and oh, that's interesting, that's nice. And I, okay, next step. I sold my old camera and I bought a kind of fancier one uh, and I started buying like lenses. And I started, okay, let me uh, practice more. And I invited some people to do some pictures and I, uh, I just started taking pictures of animals and landscapes, like uh, uh, yeah, different types of uh, environments, like beaches, lakes, uh, uh, mountains, and uh, a lot of stuff. And uh, uh, one day I found out that uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, they, they had like a at that time opportunity to serve a mission as a photographer like a like a uh, to take some pictures uh serving as a missionary and uh using those pictures to uh, for actually for magazines for social media and a website I, oh okay let's go and i, <laughs> I applied for that position, like the mission, and they returned like the the email saying that uh, in, in f like a few weeks I will have the assignment and the badge with my name and uh, all this stuff. But the only thing that I used to have is my own camera, and if I want to travel, like kind of transfer like a <laughs> uh, I I had to do that on my own my my own like a yeah like my yeah uh, like have my own camera and the stuff and I I served the mission for three years yeah and in some picture some pictures that they were like a uh, used like for magazines like a uh, inside liahona and websites like and uh facebook pages of official pages for the church yeah so yeah i'm glad that i got this talent and i i just helped uh some other people like because they wanted to take a picture, like to to develop this talent, and uh, I helped them, like to to achieve this uh, this dream, yeah, and I helped them to to find like good cameras, lenses, and uh, applying the techniques and uh, all this stuff, yeah. So yeah, and today some people uh ask me like still ask me like clever i would like to have a recommendation for uh, from you about by this 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 that uh so yeah i'm very glad uh to help them like yeah so 
And to, and here in the US, I I I just keep going about photography. Yeah, uh, now I uh, I have some ideas to take pictures of the the temples that I where 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 I go. So I had some opportunity opportunities to visit some some places, some temples, and doing that. Yeah, because uh, also it helps 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 me a lot about the anxiety and the depression. So it ha helps me a lot, like to to yeah to like this um, uh, this situation that sometimes is is hard to deal with. Yeah, so doing that, it's a, a great, like, a, a hobby. Yeah, I love doing that. <laughs> awesome. Clever, thank you so much for sharing your experiences with photography. Uh, I'm glad that it's been uh, therapeutic for you in a way, that it's been able to, to help yeah. you with anxiety and depression, anything like that. Uh, I find that podcasting's kind of had a positive influence on me as well, because it's been fun for me to... Uh, reconnect with friends, some of which are friends who I haven't talked to or seen yeah. in quite a while, and then just learn interesting new things about them. And I've definitely learned some interesting new things about you. So so thank you for sharing your time with me tonight uh, to talk about Pele, uh, to honor and pay tribute to him. And then, of course, to talk about your experience living in Brazil, growing up there, and then, of course, moving to the United States and sharing music and photography uh, that's pretty much all the talking points I had tonight. To, to, are we good to wrap up or is there anything else you wanted to bring up? Yeah, I think that's fine. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think, I uh, I could share like, uh, um, uh, my opinion, uh, most of the important like topics like that mm -hmm. you brought up here. Yeah. Yeah. About Pelé and the, uh, yeah. Yeah. I started playing soccer because of him and my father. Mm -hmm. So both of them, they, uh, they were my my reason for playing soccer. Yeah. So and so on and uh, about vinyl, like the records. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I uh, I have a great experience about those as well. Phot photography, yeah. Um, it's a big uh, talent that I got I recognize that Yeah. oh awesome well again thank you Kleber for sharing your time with me tonight and it's been really great catching up with you so if there's nothing else we'll go ahead and sign off but uh, uh, thank you Kleber again for your, giving me your time and thank you to all the listeners you've been listening to the Casting for Fun podcast I'll talk to you again soon